Welcome to the Awaken Life Church podcast. For more information about our church, please visit awakenlifechurch.net. We hope you enjoy this message by Angela Snow. Jesus. Wow. Hmm. 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 <laughs> hmm. I really did plan on saying things. I'm going to say some things. <laughs> this is good. Yeah. The Holy Spirit's just, you know, just laugh along with the Holy Spirit. It's so good. Holy Spirit's just, ah, oh, this is so good. Thank you, Jesus. Yeah. I'll just admit, if anything smart comes out, it's the Holy Spirit. If anything, you're like, oh, that was good. That's the Holy Spirit. He's so good and so generous and so loving. And um, wow. How was I going to start this? I don't even remember now. <laughs> um, so we're just going to look at this first scripture together because I'm pretty sure he wants to get to this kind of stuff. So if you wouldn't mind throwing up um, 2 Corinthians 10, we're going to talk about that a little bit. And I'm going to tell you a couple stories. And uh, yeah, so I mean, almost, almost all of us have heard this verse and we've, we've known, we've heard it for years. We've heard it quoted for a lot of years. And it's, uh, for though we walk in the flesh, we do not war according to the flesh. Ha, ha, ha. For our weapons of warfare are not carnal but they're mighty in God for the pulling down of strongholds and casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. And we're bringing every thought into the captivity to the obedience of Christ. I used to look at this incorrectly. I, I, used, to, I used to look at this and think about um, that this was like outward, an outward spiritual warfare situation where I was trying to go after things all the time. I was trying to be outside of myself. I was trying to, to pull stuff down on the outside. I was trying to like grab this demonic force and I was trying to assault this principality thing and like, and I was trying to do all this stuff outwardly. And yes, I mean, we absolutely do spiritual warfare as the Holy Spirit leads. Um, and for those of you that know me, you know that I, I love to roll up my sleeves and I, I enjoy a good fight. Um, but uh, that's not what actually this verse is talking about. This is talking about the internal. It's actually all about an internal issue. It's about the internal stuff. It's about the stuff that's going on in our hearts. Um, the second way I used to actually kind of look at this incorrectly, and it was just my lens, and we're, we'll talk about that. But the second thing was um, the obedience of Christ. I used to think that was me obeying Christ. And I wanted to make sure that every deed was perfect, every action was perfect, every word was perfect, and every thought was perfect. And I was just trying, like, you know what Paul says, like, I wanted to, to think on these things. I wanted every thought to be pure and good and right and just and lovely. And all that actually, I mean, it's a good thing. So I'm not, like, poo-pooing that. But, I mean, how many of you guys know that your thoughts aren't always going to be perfect? Yeah, it's, you know... And I knew mine weren't, so I spent a lot of time actually quite frustrated with myself because I knew how much I was failing, especially if it's um, me, that, that means me obeying Christ. And processing this verse that way actually didn't bring freedom into my life. Um, it didn't bring freedom to my mind. It didn't bring freedom into my heart. It, um, 
and it's obviously it's, you know, don't get me wrong. We're not, it's not like, I'm not saying go have lots, lots of bad thoughts. I'm not, you know, like I'm not saying that or advocating that. Um, but it created a works mentality within me when I looked at this verse incorrectly. And the, um, what was interesting is that this verse about how you pull down strongholds, when I looked at it incorrectly, it actually built a stronghold. It's like, man. And the funny thing is, like the Holy Spirit just showed me that yesterday. It was actually ironic that I'm like, oh, I'm like that's interesting. That's what that actually did. Hearing it taught incorrectly and me just even with my own lens, I would have just processed it incorrectly. <clears throat> and I made this verse just about me and all of my efforts and, you know, I can't think that thing and I, I can't have an imagination. I, I need to figure out how am I going to tear down this stronghold? I need to figure out, like, how am I going to do this? I got to cast down arguments. I need to figure this out, how I can fix this, this stuff, this thing. I needed to figure out, like, how to do this so I could be obedient to Christ. And I just made it all about my effort. Um, when we process scripture incorrectly, we actually end up putting ourselves in more bondage. And it, it breaks God's heart when we do that. I know that, you know, it, like, he was, like, sad for me when I processed this like that. But God actually just started helping me in lots of different ways. He started helping me, like, understand and learn how to process not just this verse. It was a whole, it was a whole mind shift, a whole mindset shift that God actually started doing for me. And um, I think... That, that's how I was going to start. God is going to actually do some mindset shifts today. That was what was on his heart. Totally distracted me. <laughs> um, yeah, like that's actually like his heart for today is to bring some mindsets and, and to shift them. And um, so that's kind of what we're doing today is God's like going to be shifting some mindsets for us. But um, so he actually helped me start to look at it correctly um, I did have the wrong definition in a couple of areas. Um, I actually defined the obedience of Christ as me trying to obey Christ in everything. And God showed me that in my mind, unknowingly, whether it was just my own lens or whether it was through teaching, that I, I had actually rewritten the scripture in my mind unknowingly to, to say, I'm going to take every thought captive to the obedience of Angela. And... It was kind of a shock to hear, to realize that, oh, I was trying to take every thought obedient to, to, you know, captive to my obedience instead of to the obedience of Christ. And God just showed me, honey, you're not going to win this war by focusing on your behavior or on your obedience. You're going to win the war by focusing on Christ and by focusing on his obedience. You're going to win the war by taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ so then I was like, okay, so what is, what is that? What is the obedience of Christ? And I just started looking it up in Scripture. And if, um, if you could throw up uh, Philippians 2.8, um, there's a couple places that tells us very clearly, actually, what the obedience of Christ is. It says, he humbled himself, becoming obedient even unto death. Yes, even death on a cross. So this obedience, it's, I mean, obviously, it's Jesus. Jesus humbled himself. He became obedient unto death, and he became obedient to death on the cross. And then five, Romans 5.19, it says, For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so also by one man's obedience, many will be made righteous. How many of you know that you've been made righteous? 
You just said it. Yeah, we talked about it last week too. Daniel talked about the righteousness, that you are the righteousness of God in Christ. So that was Jesus's obedience is what he did on the cross. And I mean, not just that, not just that. You know, he lived a life. It was just, his entire life was a life of obedience that he lived to the Father. But Jesus made us righteous. This is what that obedience is. Like, he made us righteous. He set us free. He destroyed the power of sin over you. He healed us. He brought us in as, like, into the family of God. He made you a child of God. He destroyed the power of the enemy. You've been set free from the power of sin and death. Jesus destroyed, destroyed the enemy's ability to have power over you. This is what, like, and there's so much more. I mean, you can't even really just, like, take five minutes to say what Jesus, like, what it did. It's the most pivotal point in all of history outside of, obviously, like, crea you know, creation beginning itself. And stuff. it's the most pivotal point in all of history. He did so, so much for us. And so it was like, so God kind of shifted my thought process a little bit. This is actually what it means to take every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. And he redefined, like he defined that for me and he helped me to start to understand what that was. The other problem that we talked about, I just shared a little bit, was that um, I was actually going outward with it. But then God started showing me that this verse is actually referring to the strongholds, the arguments that are actually in your own mind, they're actually in your own heart. And this is like, it's actually about stewarding that stuff that's going on on the inside. It's not talking about the outward issue, like, you know, warring according to how one wars in the flesh. And that's outwardly. Um, it's literally talking about the internal stuff, our, the battle for our minds. And so can you throw up the definition for stronghold? I know a lot of us have seen this, but it's good review. Um, the stronghold is going to be a castle or a fortress. This is interesting. Anything on which one relies. We don't realize how much we actually rely on things internally. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, arguments and reasonings by which a disputant endeavors to fortify his opinion against his opponent. Kind of sounds like a jerk at an adversary. It's like one that comes against you, like an adversary coming against you. So God redefined this kind of for me, that it wasn't something that was kind of external of me, this this like outside thing that was trying to always like, I felt like I was trying to war against things on the outside a lot. And God started to redefine that. And can you throw up arguments as well? So an argument is logismos in the Greek. It's your imagination. It's your reckoning. It's your reasoning. It also means a judgment against someone such as the conscience will pass. So it's how your, your own conscience passes, passes judgment. And it's going to include our our offenses, and it actually includes all these conclusions that we come to about God. It includes the conclusions that we come to about others, and it includes the conclusions that we actually come to about ourselves. Um, it's kind of interesting. Um, God was talking to me a lot about the conclusions that we come to, be, to, come to about ourselves. So we literally sometimes will have a judgment in our own mind. We've passed a judgment in our own mind against ourselves. And we're going to talk about that in a little bit more. But it was very interesting. So you can kind of lump all this stuff, like strongholds and arguments, you kind of lump them into something that you just call a belief system. So everything just kind of like how, how you're wired and what you believe. Um, but where do these things come from? Understanding where it comes from really helps us to understand how to address them. 
and I'll say it again, like it's really important that understanding where these things actually come from, where the strongholds come from, how they're built, where the arguments come from and how they're built, they really help us to understand how to address them. And actually they help us understand how to pull them down. So it all, all of this starts in the heart of the enemy. He's the father of lies. We all know that he's the father of lies. And, and um, it's all by his design. All of these lies, all of these things we start to believe. Um, but how does it get from him to us? How does this actually start to become an internal issue for us? Because he's out there, right? He's that out there thing. And this is an internal issue. So how does it get from out there to actually in here? And um, we talked about this a little bit in inner healing class. I'm probably never going to get through a message without talking about inner healing. It's probably never going to happen. But um, the foundation really is like having, like when you're growing up, how these things get built. It's built through your run-ins that you have with maybe coaches and teachers that you have with your friends, um, spiritual leaders, pastors, any form of trauma or abuse while you're growing up, it's going to come from that. It can come from spiritual issues, like generational issues. Um, but most of it, the majority of it, comes from our parents' own belief systems. It actually comes from their strongholds. And it comes from our reaction, interactions with them, what this is like to interact with our parents. And um, if you wouldn't mind, Brandon, um, would you throw up the family tool? I just want to touch on this real quick. Um, God designed us to be just like him. He designed us like him. We're actually a triune being, like God is a trinity. He's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. We have a spirit, a soul, and a body. We're actually built very much like him. He created us in, he, yeah, he created us in his image. And he said, let us create them in our image, the way that we work. And God is actually um, like, the, uh, the Trinity is a family. There's the Father, and there's the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Don't freak out. It's like a mother. Okay? The Holy Spirit, like, if you, if you check this out, the Holy Spirit brings us comfort. He's the comforter. The Holy Spirit um, teaches us. He leads us into all truth. So the Holy Spirit actually plays the role so very often that moms play in, with their children. And the Father, Father God plays the role that our dads play as we're growing up. And um, Jesus, like the, the relationships that we have with our siblings and our closest friends actually help us learn and understand how to interact with Jesus. The relationship and the interactions we have with our fathers help, to, help us to understand how to interact with and how to view Father God. So you can take that down. Thank you so much. And even as adults, we continue developing these belief systems in our lives. Um, most of the things that we run into kind of build upon the, the strongholds and the arguments that may, we, we may already have kind of going on internally within us. But there are some things that um, can have a really big impact, like traumas, like car accidents. Losing loved ones can be really challenging. Uh, divorces, adultery. Stuff like that can be, really, um, can be really painful and can actually start building strongholds that weren't there before. Businesses failing, I've seen that happen, where businesses fail and mindsets get shifted and, um, and spiritual abuse is another one, and I won't even touch that one. That's like a, like a three-part series talking about spiritual abuse. But um, if you wonder, what, it, what is it that a stronghold actually sounds like? Like, how do I know if I have a stronghold? What does it sound like? Um, 
A stronghold sounds like this when it comes to yourself. I'm never going to be protected. I have to fight for every scrap of what I get. I have to be perfect or I won't be loved. I'm unlovable. I don't like myself. I'm not worthy of love. I'm stupid. I'll never amount to anything. That's just an idea. And you can, like, we all know the things that we've thought about ourselves. So those things that you actually think about yourself are strongholds. Those, those things that you had an interaction with someone and now you have a belief about yourself, that's actually a stronghold. Um, beliefs that you have about other people. People always leave. You can't count on people to love you. Um, you have to perform for people to love you. Or you have to perform for people to just accept you. Um, I have to take care of others' emotions. Or I'm being unlovable. I'm being unloving because I'm not taking care of someone else's emotions. That's another lie. That's another stronghold or argument that sets itself up in, on, on the inside. Um, some strongholds like when it comes to thinking about, do I have any strongholds about God? God doesn't care about me. God won't provide for me, so I'm freaking out a lot, okay? I'm dealing with a lot of anxiety or whatever it is because God's not going to provide for me. God feels far away. God doesn't feel close. No, God feels really far away. Father God feels far. I can't do it right enough to please God. God's always mad at me. He's disappointed in me. He's just waiting for me to mess up again. He's got too much on his plate to pay attention to, to me. Um, and God won't protect me. So I just wanted to give you guys a couple of examples um, of how these things actually can kind of play out in our lives, what it can look like, how they affect our relationship with God. And I think a lot of times it's helpful to hear stories because um, a really wise friend of mine one time said, um, it's easy for me to find myself in your stories if I'm ready. And um, it's, it can be easy to kind of see truths, little different truths kind of in stories. So um, it was probably about five years ago. I was still working for Zurich Insurance. And um, I was driving home from Yuma one day. I handled half of the state of Arizona. And um, there's so much going, like warfare, spiritual warfare going on in this one situation. And I had to get after it a little bit when I was in the car, you know. I had to start getting after it and doing some binding and some loosening. And I was, you know, rolled my sleeves up and got, you know, got a little dirty and was like tasseling, rustling with the enemy and all that. And um, <laughs> when I had finally taken a breath, God said to me, you know, Angela, um, you're not trying to convince me to do anything. And I was like, oh, man. I realized in that moment that I was, I thought I was doing spiritual warfare, but I was actually, in reality, I was actually trying to convince God to do something. I actually... Um, <laughs> learned a little something about my heart. I didn't actually think that God was going to protect me. I didn't think he was going to come to my rescue. And the, the way that I was doing spiritual warfare actually was, was like, okay, well, now I've did it all. I said it all. I said all of the things, God, and I said it with the right amount of vigor and I said it the right number of times and I, I said all of the names of all of the things that I, you know, that I needed to bind and all, and all the things I needed to loose and I was doing all the things right and I was checking off my list. And I knew like, I, God showed me I was doing all of that because I actually didn't trust him to protect me. 
I didn't trust him. Like, like when I do it, when I say it, then it's done. There was, just, there was something going on in my heart. And so I, was, I really didn't realize that I was actually trying to perform for God. And I was trying to perform well enough to get God to do something for me. Um, yeah. I didn't know that in my own heart, I didn't trust God to protect me. And he showed me that that day. And, um, and so, the reason, so the reason I'm telling you this is because of the why. I want us to really think about the why. Why did I not trust Father God to protect me and to respond to simply what I was doing, what I was saying? You guys have been through inner healing class and you just looked at the family tool. So you can see there was something going on in my past, in my life, with my own father that I felt unprotected by my own dad. And I brought that stronghold into my relationship with God. I actually took this argument that my, you know, it was like, let's just say, I'll just say this, whether it was from real things that happened or if it was just from my perception of what had happened, I grew up with a feeling of being unprotected by my father. And so I brought that feeling into this relationship with Father God. And so that's why I'm shouting and sweating and spitting and snotting all over the place and just like I was sweating and just like, you know, going after it. And um, God was just kind of like, hey, sweetheart, I love you so much. Like, I'm, I'm really here. I really am going to protect you. But I had to work through that. And that was just a moment where he kind of showed me what the stronghold was. He showed me what my argument. I didn't even know there was this argument happening. And I'm like, I bind this thing. Because if I don't, God's not going to protect me. So I bind that thing. Because if I don't say I'm all right, then he's not going to take care of me. And I'm going to bind this thing. And, and because, because I, I have to get all of the names right. And I'm going to loose this thing. Because if I don't loose favor then favor's not flowing because I'm not doing the stuff right, you know? And so that was, that's what was actually happening in the car that day. That's what was happening in my mind. I didn't have any idea. I just knew, well, I'm going to be tough and I'm going to fight and I'm going to do it. I'm going to do the thing and I'm going to do all the stuff and make it happen. My struggle didn't have anything to do with what God was actually like. It had everything to do with how, what it felt like when I was growing up. Um, and I'll be honest, I, I, I probably felt like I must have done something wrong for my dad to leave. I probably felt like I didn't perform well enough as a daughter. So I put the blame and the weight and the responsibility, the burden, all of that on myself to perform better so that I do not lose relationships. And I know this is like, kind of like, kind of like deep. This isn't like a rah-rah Sunday morning kind of thing. Like I get it. And I know this might be hard just for a second because it's like, you know, it's like deep things, you know, um, but it, it's going to be okay. Like it's going to be okay. Things are going to be okay in your heart. You know, I was teaching inner healing class one time and someone got up crying and like ran out to the bathroom because sometimes it's hard when we, you know, you kind of start connecting to the pain that's there. 
sometimes it can be really hard, and that's okay. So if things are popping up right now, I just want you to know like you're going to be okay, and God's got you. And uh, we're going to talk about that too. But um, So I'm, I bring all of that into my relationship with Father God. So if you have ever like not felt protected or provided by your Father, you know, you're bringing that lens into your relationship with Father God, and, unless he's already actually brought healing for that. And I, you know, so like he has, God has absolutely brought healing in this area for me. Um, so a lot of times we just bring this lens. If you felt like you had to earn your father's protection or earn your dad's love or earn your mom's attention or whatever it is, it's like we, we actually just bring that right into the, our, our relationship with God. So how, how in the world do we actually get out of this kind of pattern? How do we start ditching all of these lenses that we have? How do, we, how do we actually pull down these, these strongholds? And what is it that this, mind, this mindset shift that God wants to bring for us today? Um, well, we, we bring our thoughts captive to the obedience of Christ. It's right in that first scripture. That's actually what ends up doing it. Um, without going into too much detail, I actually just really needed to learn what Jesus actually did for me. And I needed to see how he opened up heaven to me through himself. All of those things that I rattled off earlier, like, you know, he made me righteous. He set me free. He healed my heart. He um, made me part of his family. He made me a child of God. He destroyed the power of the enemy. He removed shame from my life. He disarmed, you know, the enemy at the cross, and he made a public spectacle of, of, of all that, you know, the principalities and powers, all those different things. Like, there's so much that Jesus did, but I actually had to learn it. I didn't know what, what the obedience of Christ actually really meant, so I had to learn all these things. But without going into too much detail, um, it was really like, because there's just, there's so much that Christ did, but I, I can't get into all that right now. Um, God actually just started showing me how, how to pray a little bit differently. And the way that I was praying, he actually... Um, the way that I would pray, that he showed me to pray, I actually started tearing down some of the strongholds, kind of started shifting my mindset. And I didn't even, I wasn't even trying to do this. Like the Holy Spirit just started doing it. The, the, the prayer just kind of started bubbling up. And it was, thank you, Jesus, that you're healing my heart right now. Thank you, Papa, that your healing is flowing into the deepest places of my soul right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you have made me the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you that right now I am the righteousness of God in Christ. Thank you, Jesus, that right now sin has no power over me. Thank you, Jesus, that you're healing my brain right now. After Shelly went to heaven, it felt like my brain no longer worked. And, I, and there was just, it was traumatic to find her, and it was really hard to lose her. And so I would literally just pray, Jesus, thank you that you're healing my brain right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you're removing every form of trauma right now. All of it's being removed out of my brain. Thank you, Lord, that you're removing this stuff. Thank you, Lord, that right now you're bringing me into a place of safety. Yeah, thank you, God, that right now you're releasing an abundance of wisdom to my heart. I just changed, like, and it was the Holy Spirit started doing it. As soon as the Holy Spirit started, changed my prayer, like, it was amazing. It was like the pressure that I was feeling in my brain just instantly started to lift. And instead of me fighting for this outward thing, this fight to make my brain stop hurting, it was a thank you, Jesus, that you're actually doing this for me right now. 
we thank you that it's happening. And um, yeah, this, this type of prayer, it actually helps our hearts and our minds come into alignment with Scripture. It's helping our hearts and our minds come into alignment with what is actually already true. It's not that, um, it's not that like, I used to pray like this. It was like, okay, so I was healed by the stripes laid upon Jesus' back. So how in the world am I going to take that and I'm going to pull it into my right now? Like, how am I going to do that? Like, why am I not healed? If that already happened, okay, I'm doing something wrong. So how do I fix myself? How do I fix that? How do I figure that out? Because I'm doing it wrong if I'm still feeling like this. And so it was like, I would even make that about me. And so the Holy Spirit just shifted everything. And that's part of the mind shift that the Lord wants to do for us today is that God started showing me and he wants to show you that he is a right now God. He lives with you in your present. He lives with you in the right now. It's not something where you actually have to run into your future. And I get calling those things that aren't as though they are. But sometimes we try calling those things that aren't as though they are. But they're already things that are. If that makes sense. I, tr- I tried, and I, I know I've done this so many times. It's like, I'm, I'm, I think I'm calling something that isn't as though it is. And it's like, no, God's like, that thing's already, it already is. The thing's already happening. Like, I'm already doing that for you. That thing's already flowing from my heart, from heaven. I've, I'm already, like, it's happening right now, you know. And, but my, my mindset of, like, well, how do I work it out to, like, appropriate, like, the, the, what Jesus did? And now I have to, like, pull it into my future, like, pull it into the right now. And how do I do that? That was actually me putting myself back under the law. I had no clue. I'm so sorry. I had no clue I was doing that. But God actually lives with you in the present. He lives with you in the right now. God is present right now. He's like, he's right here, right now. And he's talking to you right here and right now. He's continually lavishing his love upon you. It's not something that you have to ask for. Like, oh God, would you pour out your love to me? He's actually already, he's actually doing that right now. His heart never stops. This is something that I really had to learn. Is that his flow is already there. I had to learn what he was like. It's this supply is already being poured out whether it's healing, whether it's for finances, whether it's you need love, whether it's you need, you know, whether it's physical or emotional healing, like whatever this stuff is, it's like, this is the mind shift. He's already pouring it out. It's not something he did like one time and now he's like, okay, go figure out how to make it work in your life. Now go figure that out. How do you pull something from 2,000 years ago into your right now? No, God is, he's actually with you right now. And everything that he's doing with you, he's doing because of Jesus. So it's not like some weird heresy or something. It's like, no, it's all because of his son. It's all because of Jesus. But he's doing it for you in the right now. And this was a huge shift for me. God showing me that it was already happening takes, like, took the pressure off. It took the pressure off of me trying to go into works and effort 
trying to, to make something happen. It's like, oh, he's already doing it. Okay. It pulls you out of being under the law. It pulls you out of having to work really hard to obtain something from God. Just thanking him that he's actually doing that thing. It, it was a huge mind shift for me. And it's honestly, I'll be very honest with you, it's still having to shift. It's still shifting. It's still shifting into his goodness is always flowing. It's still shifting that he's right here in the right now and he's doing the thing right here and right now. He really is. And a lot of the areas that, that for me, I really tried to, to struggle and like pull this stuff um, was in emotional healing. It's like I shared with the inner healing class. I started going to counseling. My first visit as psychologist was at nine. And it just continued from there. So I was continually like, how do I figure this out internally, Jesus? Like, how do I figure, like, what do I do? Like, this is a mess in here. But Jesus just showed me, and I'll I'll just share one more story. Um, One time I had this pain just kind of pop up in my heart. And I just knew that I was in pain. I was like, I don't know what's happening right now. But have you, ever ha- like, have you ever had that happen where you just like, something just pops up and you're just like, huh, like I'm in pain? Nobody? No, yeah. oh, okay, everybody? Okay. <laughs> I was thinking. Um, well, I just asked Holy Spirit. I was like, Holy Spirit, like what is this? Why am I feeling this thing? Because it felt a little bit foreign to me. And I was just like, what is this pain, Lord? I almost went into like, you know, power encounter, I bind, you know, but it was like, Holy Spirit like caught me for a moment and it's like, hey, how about you ask me? And I was like, oh, I was like, Holy Spirit, okay, well, what is this? And the Holy Spirit said, it's actually a part of your heart that's hurting and in pain. Now, how many people know we have chambers of our heart? We can get hurt, we can get, you know, painful situation, we just kind of grab it and we just tuck it because we don't know how to deal with it. We'll just grab it, tuck it, and we have to keep going. And I don't want to get too deep into that, but the Lord was just like, hey, this is actually a part of your heart that's hurting and in pain. So I almost started to pray like a different way and the Holy Spirit bubbled up again and said, all right, well, thank you, Jesus, that you're pouring love into this place in my heart right now. Instead of me trying to figure out, okay, well, how do I get this place of pain to stop hurting, how, how do I do that? The Holy Spirit just like, thank you. Thank you, Jesus, that you're pouring your love into my heart right now, that you're pouring your love into this place of pain, into this place in my heart right now. Thank you that you're pouring Papa's love into this place in my heart right now. But the interesting thing was is I actually felt pushback. I actually felt some pushback from that place in my heart. And I started to say, God, would you help me receive your love? And it was like Holy Spirit changed my words. Well, actually, I think I did say it. Like I prayed it internally, like, God, would you help this place? And it was like Holy Spirit changed my words. And I said, thank you, Lord, that you are helping this place in my heart receive your love. And I started to sob. I started crying so incredibly hard. It just put the pre- took the pressure off of my heart to even try to figure out how I was going to receive the Father's love. It took all the pressure off. It was all something that was in God's hands. It was all something that he's so good. He's doing this thing. He's loving me so well right now. 
it took my mind off of myself and it put it actually onto Christ. It was, it was that, that taking that thought captive to the obedience of Christ, but it's, it feels so different than that. It doesn't feel like there's this direct correlation, but there really is. You're taking that thought captive to the obedience of Christ. When you say, thank you, Lord, that you're doing this for me right now. And as soon as I did that, it was like this place in my heart just opened up. And I literally heard my heart cry out. I tried so hard to do anything and everything to make my father love me. And it was like I started weeping from the deepest place my whole body was like, it was like a pump, almost like pumping out pain. Just pumping pain out of my body. Pumping the pain out of my soul. When God came in and he did that. Because it's like I tried and I tried and I tried and nothing worked. I couldn't figure out how to get him to love me in all of my trying. I couldn't figure out a way to get him to stay. I couldn't figure out a way to get him to protect me. I couldn't figure that out. So Holy Spirit helped me pray in such a way that I was taking the burden off of myself, trying to figure things out. He didn't want me to try to figure out how I was going to receive Abba's love. He didn't want me to figure out how I was going to try to figure out how to be accepted, how to find, like, try, try to figure out how could I be worthy of love or how could I be worthy of protection. That's actually what the fruit of the cross looks like. Like that whole thing with like bringing your heart before the Lord. That's, that is part of this process of the obedience of Christ. It's taking those thoughts captive. But it just, it's, it's probably different than what we've ever thought it was. And again, I'm not saying go think stupid things and think bad thoughts and whatever. Let your brain or your mind just run, run, run. But this is that process. And I know this is like, this is, this is deep. I can feel the weightiness of it in the room. And you're going to be okay. Like, everything's going to be okay. Um, sometimes it just doesn't, like, this process and things don't look like we think it's going to look. It can look a little bit different. I have a feeling that there are people in this room that have felt like they've had to perform for love. They've, you, maybe you felt like you've had to try really hard to be loved, to be accepted. Maybe you felt a lot of rejection and you've, you're trying to figure out how you can make yourself lovable or fix what's broken so that you can be lovable. But this stronghold came down in my heart like this, this part of my heart, like the stronghold came down as I was able to receive the love of the Father. All of this is God pursuing us. This whole process, it, sometimes it does, like, I didn't used to think that was, it was God pursuing us. I really felt like everything was on me to try to pursue God. Like everything's on my plate. I have to figure all of this out. I have to I have to do all the right warfare. I have to say all of the things in the morning. I have to name all of the things every morning. Or I'm going to, you know, get my butt handed to me that day. Like I have to, and I have to do it. And then I want, like, I have to do it three times a day. Because it's not working just doing it in the morning. So I'm going to say it three times a day. 
you know, and I, t- I turned so much of this actually into a work and I turned it into effort. I turned it into something where I was putting it on my own shoulders. And that's why I felt a weight and a burden for most of my life, even in my relationship with God. Even when I would walk into church and it's like, how you doing, sister? Well, blessed and highly favored. Actually weighed down and burdened because I don't know how to do this. <laughs> this hurts like H-E double hockey sticks. This really hurts. I can't figure this out. But, you know, everybody's smiling. So blessed and highly favored, right? That's the answer. Um, and so I, I know we're kind of used to that, but church is a little bit different. So I'm just going to tell you the truth. Yeah. So let's just see. Perfect. Um, there's something that God wants to do this morning. So let me just close your eyes and just put your hand on your heart. We're just going to pray for a quick second. God, I just thank you right now that um, you're pursuing our hearts right now. Thank you, God, that you're pursuing my heart right now. And this is a prayer that for you to actually say, like just kind of, thank you, God, that you're pursuing my heart right now. Yeah, and you can just say it internally. That's fine. You can whisper it. That's fine. But thank you, God, that you're pursuing the places in my heart that still hurt. You're pursuing the places in my heart that still carry pain and trauma. You're pursuing the places in my heart that are exhausted, that are so tired, the places that are crying out for help, the places that feel alone and isolated, the places that are trying so, so hard. Thank you, God, that this isn't up to me and my strength. And just take a second, whatever... Whatever it is that you are actually needing right now in this moment, just thank God. Start thanking him right now that he's doing that very thing right now. If you need wisdom, just say, thank you, God, that you are pouring wisdom into my mind and into my soul right now. Thank you, Jesus, that you're giving me wisdom for parenting Thank you, Jesus, that you're providing for the financial need you know I have. Thank you, you're doing it right now. Like whatever that need is. Thank you, Jesus, you're doing it right now. (laughs) And keep your eyes closed. God actually had me write something down for you. He had me put it um, in the first person to just read over you, to read to your heart. And this is what, like, the whole point of today is God actually says this, I want to take the pressure off of you. I'm going to walk you through one thing at a time, and I am always with you in the right now. I so love being with you in the present moment and taking pressure off taking the burdens off, taking off the heaviness or the things that feel impossible or simply too hard. 
for my yoke is easy and my burden truly is light. Allow me to shift your perspective into a mindset of seeing my supply for you everywhere. I love giving you everything. I know what you're going through, and I'm leading you to a place of knowing that I am in it with you, and I'm always supplying everything you need, no matter what you're walking through. My goodness is with you. My heart is with you, and I am right now in the middle of having another one of those amazing thoughts towards you about who you are. All of my thoughts, they're only for your good. They're not for evil. They're not for lack or ever to demand from you. My thoughts are always about supplying you with what you need. Most of all, my love. But all of the other things as well. I'm shifting you from a place of begging to a place of knowing that I'm providing all of the things. I'm shifting you out of a place of praying and thinking that you're the one doing the work. I'm bringing you to a place that you'll know that it is me that is actually breathing the prayers through you. And I'm answering the prayers before they ever leave your tongue. I'm actually pouring my love into your heart right now. And I am helping you receive it. Psalm 138 says that my love for you is constant and endless. It's constant and it's endless. It will never run out. I will never stop loving you in the right now. God's so much better than we think, y'all. He's so much better than we actually think. And I'm sorry, I'm sorry I made some people cry today. I'm, my apologies. Um, but it's just good. It's good to cry it out. It's good to cry it out. I love you guys so much. Like, he loves you so much. Like, when I was preparing this message, I just felt his love, like waves of his love for you, just like washing through me. Because he's so, he wants this for you. He wants to take burdens off of you and the weight off of you. He's really good at doing his job. He wants you to know that even when you have painful seasons or painful moments, you can still laugh with him. You can still be joyful even when, because he's the one that's working things out. That's what allows us to just be joyful in the midst of hard things. He wants you to know that he's, you know, he's with you. He's holding your hand. He's kissing your face, and he'll never let a tear fall. You've, I've never cried a tear, and you will never cry a tear that the Lord has not himself seen and stewarded. He is the most amazing steward. He loves to be with you, and he's always with you right now. And it really does create a huge mind shift it's like I can feel my brain being rewired as I say, like, thank you, Lord, that you're doing this right now. It takes me out of that place of wondering, doubting, not believing, whatever. It brings me into a place where I can be present with him in the right now. He loves to just laugh with you and just kiss you. And you know what? Hey, Brandon, would you put up the, that one video? <laughs> If you don't mind, I know I kind of just like sprung that on you at the last second, but 
this was um, this was like another one of those waves of like God showing me how much He loves you guys. Yesterday, um, a friend of mine, uh, Tina, sent this to um, sent this to me, and it's a video of. Um, oh. <laughs> actually a moment in this where um, he's almost like, he's like, he likes it, and then he's kind of like, nah, you know, and then like his dad keeps going, and then he's like, okay, you're right, this is great, <laughs> this is awesome. In those moments, there's a lot of moments that, I, that we have where we're like, nice try, God. I'm just mad right now, and he's like, I'm just going to keep trying. I'm going to give you raspberries on your belly, and like, I just, I literally just wept when I saw that video yesterday. It just moved my heart, just touched my heart so much that that's really the way God, like, he loves us so much. And he just wants to give you raspberries on your belly. It's been a prophetic word that's happened, come forward a couple times here over the past, like, maybe two, three weeks. Like, God actually loves to give you raspberries on your belly like a little kid. And even when you're like, I'm not really having it right now, he just keeps going. And eventually he convinces you, he talks you into it, and you're like, okay, I'll let you love me. You're, that's fine. You can do that. So anyway, um, yeah, I just wanted to share that with you guys. So I love you. And um, I'm going to get out of here now. <laughs> <laughs>